You know, I think I, I just live with uh, allergies. Seems like I live with allergies all year long. It don't matter what time of the year it is, I deal, live, live with allergies. So when I first uh, started getting symptoms of what they found out to be COVID, I was uh, kind of surprised. I felt like I had like a sinus infection for the first week. And uh, then after, after that, that's when it turned on me. And the second week, boy, I got sick. I couldn't break a fever. It turned into pneumonia attacked my lungs and uh, thanks to y'all's prayers and the prayers of the saints and, uh, and, uh, and the wisdom he gives the, the Lord gives the doctors I was able to make it through and I thank the Lord for that but uh, when I uh, came through there I had somebody ask me and say to me uh, well you take it serious now you take COVID serious now and that kind of insulted me because I've always took it serious we've had so many people on our prayer list so many people in this church have dealt with COVID so many people on a prayer list that we've been praying for, and I pray for them earnestly. And the truth is, is I've seen uh, people on our prayer list that had COVID that passed away. So I know how serious it was. Actually, when I was dealing with my COVID, we had a lady on our prayer list that passed away with COVID. And uh, so I know it's a, it's a serious thing. I've always took it serious, but I've never lived my life in fear. And I'm not going to live my life in fear. Uh, I'm more afraid of, of dying of cancer, honestly. Because uh, all my family's died of cancer. And I have so many people on our prayer list that have cancer. I'm more, for, I'm more fearful of cancer or the flu. We've had a lot of people die of the flu. And uh, people tell me about I've never had the flu, but I've had somebody in the church tell me they had the flu. And they thought they're, it's the worst thing they ever felt like. But the truth is, is that uh, we need to be praying one for another. Whatever it is. And... Uh, uh, prayer is powerful. I believe in prayer. And that's why I want to focus on these scriptures here. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 1. And Paul and Silvanus. Silvanus, that's another way of saying Silas. And Timotheus, and that would be Timothy of 1 and 2 Timothy. Paul, Silvanus, and Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians. You want to know more about this church, you can find that out in Acts chapter 17. Which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father, knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm happy we have that assurance. That assurance of salvation. that we know we're saved. We know no matter what happens to us, we're going to go on to heaven. He said, in much power, but also in power in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. As you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. Verse 6. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that ye were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and in Achaia. For from... From you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God would was spread abroad so that we need not speak anything. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. In verse 10, And to wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. I'm so glad and happy the Lord has delivered us from that wrath to come through Jesus Christ. And that's who we're waiting, we're waiting on, Jesus Christ. But this morning I want to focus back up on verses 
2 and 3. Let's go back up to verses 2 and 3. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father. I'm going to preach this morning on the work of faith and labor of love. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I come to you humbly. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord God, and I pray, Father, your Holy Spirit will move among us, leading God and directing us, Lord God, and I pray, Father, first and foremost, if there's anybody underneath the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, Father, I pray you'd make yourself real to them. Lord, I pray, Father, that these words, Lord God, would reach to them, Lord, through your Holy Spirit, and they might come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to grow as Christians, Lord God, in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray, Father, that you would bless these people who came out this morning, Lord God. And I pray, Father, that you would give them what they need. And Lord, I pray and thank you, Father, for the answered prayers we have off that list, Lord God. As we, we have the little baby in the back, Lord Oakland, Lord, she's answered prayer, Lord God. And her mom's answered prayer, the health she has. And Father, I thank you for the health I have, Lord God, to stand behind this pulpit, Lord. You've been moving and answering prayers, Lord God. And I know I don't deserve it. But I know you're just a good God, and that's just how you are, and you're a good father. And I thank you for allowing me to call you Father, Lord, and I thank you for looking at me as a son. And I need you, Lord, and I need you more than any other thing, Lord, and I thank you for your grace and mercy, Lord. Please be with us this morning through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray. Amen. So back in verse 2, we give thanks to God always for you all. Sounds Texan, doesn't it? You all, y'all, y'all. That's, that's not Texan. That's not Southern. That's Bible. The reason why Southerners talk that way is because we were raised on the Bible. The South, the South was always raised on the Bible. And that's why we talk that way, you all. But we give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers. I personally cannot thank you all enough for praying for me. And I thank the Lord for you in my prayers, that you all had the heart to pray for me. And I, thank you, I can't thank you enough as I went through this illness, went through this sickness, as I sat at home and was going through what I was going through, that I knew there were brothers and sisters that loved me that were praying for me. That makes a huge difference. And when you're in, your, when you're in those moments of delirium and uh, fever and you don't know what's going to happen and you're just in, in a state of, of weirdness, knowing that, hey, I'm weak, but there's people praying for me that are stronger than me. And the Lord's listening to those prayers. And I, by faith, know y'all were praying for me. Hey, I appreciate that. I was reading about this guy that uh, his wife went to the doctor with him and said, man, my husband's sick. She said, my husband, I, I, I know how sick he is. She goes, I just talk and talk and talk to him. He doesn't even respond to me. And the doctor said, that's not a sickness. That's a gift. <laughs> Amen. That's a gift. That's not a sickness. That's a gift. Please, doctor, don't cure me. Please, doctor, don't cure me. <laughs> Verse 3. Remembering without ceasing your work of faith. Amen. Your work of faith. Now we all know as Christians, according to the Word of God, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 that our faith in Jesus Christ is not a work. In other words, that we're not saved by works, right? Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is a gift of God, not of works, not of works, lest any man should boast. But Paul here says, Remembering without ceasing your work of faith. So faith produces works. If you have faith, you're going to produce work. And that's what I'm here to tell you this morning, that somebody in this church had faith and it produced the work of prayer. 
Your faith, it produced a work, and that work was prayer. Prayer is a work. It's a real work. And your faith in Jesus Christ produced a work of prayer. And Paul says, remembering without ceasing your work of faith. In Ephesians 2, we read, I just read verses 8 and 9 to you. Uh, Paul goes on to say this, verse 10, which everybody forgets. Verse 10, turn to it. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. I want you to know this is in your Bible. I, 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 it's just a couple of pages to the left. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. I want you to know this is in your Bible because we all know that you're saved by faith plus nothing. I just read it to you. Not of works, lest any man should boast. So our, our salvation, our faith in Jesus Christ is what saves us by grace. But verse 10, Paul goes on to say, After all of this, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Hey, you're saved, but you're saved to do something. You've got faith. You put your faith in Jesus Christ. You went to the cross. You put your, I hope you went to the cross and you put your sins at the feet of the cross of Jesus Christ and you asked Him to save you and He saved you through the precious, His precious blood that He covered you with and you got up and I hope you're saved and I believe you're saved if you prayed that prayer, but you got up to go do something. And you're created in Christ Jesus. You're a new creature in Christ. And when, when God created you new in Jesus Christ, He didn't create you to go sit on a couch. Hey, we have enough couch potato Christians. We need some Christians that love the Lord Jesus Christ enough to work for Him. We were His workmanship. Okay, we're His workmanship. We're created in Christ Jesus. You're a new creature. What for? Under good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Back in 1 Thessalonians, He says, remembering without ceasing your work of faith. That work that you do when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, somebody somewhere, and I know because I had people praying, reaching out to me say, hey, I'm praying for you, brother, I'm praying for you, and I appreciate that more than you know. But what I know is that that's a work of faith that's saying, I have faith that Jesus Christ can heal you. Yeah. What does that work do? When you have that faith that Jesus Christ can heal somebody, that faith works out in a prayer saying, Lord Jesus Christ, will you please uh, lay your healing hand on Keegan? Will you please... Heal him up. Or maybe you were praying, will he please kick the bucket? I don't want him to live, you know. Whatever faith you have, but it works out. And Paul says here, I'm remembering and I'm thanking God because without ceasing for your work of faith. It's a work. And you know what the truth is? As I laid on the bed and I got to thinking about things and I knew I had people reaching out to me, texting me, uh, saying, I'm praying for you, calling me. And I knew, I know, I know y'all were praying for me. I know it. But I also know deep in my heart as I was laying there on the bed, I thought, there's people not praying for me. I can think of times where people have said, hey, will you please pray for, um, please pray for my uncle so-and-so. And I'll go, Okay. And then by a week later, I'll run into them again. You know what happens? They'll say, hey, thank you for praying for my uncle so-and-so. They're doing so much better. And the Holy Spirit will go, you didn't pray for them. Ooh, I forgot to pray. I didn't write it on my prayer list. They turned around and walked off. I turned around and walked off. I forgot totally about it. Until a week later, until they come up to me and said, hey, thank you for praying. Do you think, do you think I said, oh, I didn't pray. <laughs> Oh, I didn't say no prayer. All I say is, well, amen. <laughs> you know. 
kind of had that deer in the head, like, hey, man, like, oh, man, don't, idiot. I learned my lesson a long time ago doing that stupid stuff. If y'all ask me to pray for somebody, I tried to either pray right there in my heart and then write it down on a prayer list. My wife all the time is getting text messages. You know, we have a good prayer chain going at the church and says, hey, so-and-so is wanting prayer, so-and-so needs prayer. And I try to walk right into my office, get my prayer diary, prayer diary out and write it down. Because if I don't write it down, I won't remember it. And I want to remember it. Listen, when I was laying sick, really, really sick, I was thankful there was people remembering me and doing a work of faith. Saying, hey, I, I believe God can heal him. I'm going to work out some prayer. It's not the easiest thing to do, is it? Because look, let's continue on. Remember without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love. Labor of love. Love is a labor. It's not easy. It's easy to say, I'll pray for you. It's a little harder to pray for them. You got to say the words. It's a labor of love. Love, see, the world has this idea of love like they see in the movies. Like, love is something that magically just comes down onto you, is sprinkled onto you by, by the, the fairy godmother or something, or Cupid shoots the arrow and boom, hits you, and magically you're in love, and you, you got these lovey eyes, and you see this woman, and you're so in love with her, and oh, you know, in the movies you live happily ever after. That's not love. Love is a work. You've got to work at love. Amen. Y'all are married? <laughs> you got to work at it. Amen. It's a labor of love. It don't come easy. Sometimes it's hard to love some people. Sometimes it's hard to love your spouse. They do stuff that gets on your nerves. Amen. We got a newly wedded couple in here. They don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> praise the Lord for that too. They're still in that honeymoon stage and praise the Lord. And they're always going to be in the honeymoon stage. Why is that? How do you know for sure they're always going to be in the honeymoon stage? Because they put Jesus Christ first. And when you put your love on Jesus Christ first, it's amazing how all the rest of it works out. I've been on the other side of the fence. I've been in a marriage where Jesus Christ wasn't first. And that marriage fell apart. Because somebody in that marriage one day woke up and said, I'm tired of working at this. It's too much work. I quit. They didn't have the labor of love. It's a labor. Amen. Amen. It is a labor. So love is something you have to work at. Labor says going out of your way. I give th we give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, and remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love. Labor. Work. Going out of your way in love. That love causes you to go out of your way. It causes you to not do something you would do for yourself because you've got to spend the time to go do it for somebody else. I've seen it. I've seen it work out in my illness, in my sickness. Uh, there was a, I'm not going to mention his name, but I had a brother. He went 40 minutes out of his way to bring me something he thought would be better for me. That's 40 minutes he could have spent doing a lot of other stuff. One way. 40 minutes one way just to bring me something and drop it off in the mailbox. I hope you get to feeling better. I was like, bro, that's, that's a long way out of your way. A labor of love. Labor. Labor of love. Jesus Christ working through him. You know what I know? Everybody in this room that I know would do the same thing. 
Isn't that amazing? Why? Why would people do that? Why, would people, why do people do that? Jesus Christ working through them. It's a labor of love. And labor is the Lord working through you. Giving up time, giving up something. It's amazing to think that there's so many people that love you and are willing to give labor of love for you. See, real love in the Bible is defined as charity. 1 Corinthians 13. What's charity? A, a giving love. Saying, I love you enough to give this to you. I love you enough to sacrifice my time, sacrifice my money, sacrifice what I wanted to do, sacrifice some of my family time to go do something for you. That's called a labor of love. And when you experience that in your life, like, I, like I've experienced that recently, you know what it makes you do? It makes you do what Paul does. We give thanks to God always for you all. You don't think I wasn't thanking God when I had somebody reach out to me? And you're like, man, I just feel like I'm going to die. I don't know if I'm going to make it. And then your, your phone will go, beep, beep. And you look over there and say, hey, I'm praying for you, brother. Oh, thank you, Lord. It's hard to forget it when you're living it. And when you come out on the other side... I appreciate it. One of the things I've kept saying over and over again is I, uh, I hope I have to everybody I've run into is like, thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your Thank you. I appreciate your prayers. It's a labor of love. Remember, without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love. I was talking to a lady that runs a flea market and I was, I was witnessing with her and she was a Christian and she was talking about she had this lady that would come over to her where she had all her uh, garage sale stuff. And she said, that lady was just mean to me. I said, what do you mean she was mean to you? She goes, she just come over here and she goes, you're stupid. That's this, why are you selling that for that? You're stupid. You're an idiot. And, and then she said, one day she came in and she was cussing me. Just cussing at me. I was like, man, that's something else. She goes, uh, then the next day she came in and I'm like, that lady said, why does this lady keep coming in? The lady come in and she, was, she said something to me and then she said, I need to ask you something. And that lady that runs the flea market said, what, 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 what do you need? She said, why are you so nice to me when I cuss at you? And then she said, I just told her, it's Jesus Christ in me. It's Jesus Christ in me. I just, I'm supposed to love you even if you don't like me. That changed that woman. And that woman said that now that woman comes in and she talks to her about God and she talks to her about Jesus Christ and she's still witnessing to her and she's trying to get her saved. But the truth is, is that woman's testimony, that woman's labor of love when she could have so easily have not shown that love. Do you understand that when that woman comes to you and that woman's looking at you and saying you're stupid and cussing you out, do you not know that lady, what the easiest thing that lady could have done is cussed her right back. Amen? Or at, at the very least said, get out of here. I don't want to hear your mouth anymore. Leave. But that woman showed a labor of love because it's a labor not to do the wrong thing. It's hard to do the right thing in Jesus Christ. And if Jesus Christ wasn't living in her and the Holy Spirit wasn't moving through her and working through her, she would have done that. But she tried to show kindness. She tried to, to show Jesus Christ's love and be kind and just put up with it and suffer with it and labor with it and show a labor of love and a work of faith. These two go together. Verse 3, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love. 
And then he goes on to say, and patience of hope. You see those three together a lot in the Word of God. You know, at the end of 1 Corinthians 13, he says, there's three going to be left, faith, charity, and hope. And the greatest of those is charity. Why would there not be faith left anymore? Well, because faith is done away with. You can see Jesus Christ with your very eyes. Hope will be done away with because you won't be hoping for Jesus Christ. It's fulfilled. There he is before your very eyes. But the giving love is going to last for eternity. Work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope. But that faith and love go together. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Verse 8. Which, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8. What you'll find out when you start studying through the Scripture is that faith and love go together. Paul puts them together a lot. In his writings, of course, when I say Paul in his writings, that's the Holy Spirit using Paul. He puts these two words together a lot. Faith and love. Faith and love. And we'll, of course, we're not going to go through them all. But I'm going to show you just a few of them. And we'll look at what this means. 1 Thessalonians same, same book, chapter 5, verse 8. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8. Faith and love go together. They go hand in hand. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love. And for a helmet, the hope of salvation. There's that hope again. But I want to point out to you that he says it's a breastplate of faith and love. The main armor, the main piece, the main piece you should put on is faith and love. They go hand in hand. Faith and love go hand in hand. And for a helmet, the hope of salvation. What is that hope? That hope is, see we use the word today, and it's kind of evolved today to where that word hope means, I hope it happens. Like, you don't know if it's going to happen, you're not sure if it's going to happen, but I hope it does. That word hope doesn't mean that. That word hope is, means just something you're expecting to happen. It's not that you don't think it's going to happen, but you're expecting it to happen. Our hope is that Jesus Christ is coming back. Amen. That's the hope in a Christian. He's coming. Amen. And that's my hope. Not that I hope it's going to happen in a sense that it might happen, it might not happen. I hope it happens. No, I hope. I know. I'm expecting it. I'm looking for it. Here He comes. That's what I read in verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 10. Waiting for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we're doing, waiting. Who delivered us from the wrath to come. But that faith and love in the Word of God, they go hand in hand. Look at Timothy. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 1. I'll show you another one. 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 14. 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 14. Can I go so far as to say a Christian can't have faith without love? A Christian can't have faith without love. You can't have it. If you have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will have love. If you don't have love, I would question my salvation. I'm not trying to talk you out of your salvation. I would question it. You need love. If you have faith, you will have love. Christ said, you'll know that they're my disciples. About the love they have one for another. Amen. If you don't have love for another brother or sister, you can't, and you, you're sitting there and you're just full of hate and hate and hate 
and hate, you need to get right with Jesus Christ. Because faith and love go hand in hand. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 14. And the grace, the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Amen. Say, brother, I don't have that love. I know you don't. I don't either. I just told you. I just explained to you. I don't have that love. Somebody asked me to pray for somebody. I don't have enough love to pray for them. I forget about them. But Jesus Christ in me does. So how do you know that? Because later on when they came back to me and I hadn't prayed for them, you know who straightened me out? It wasn't Keegan. It was Jesus Christ in me who brought it to my attention. You didn't pray for them. You need to pray for them. Get, get right. Yes, Lord. Now, that witnessing me, that straightened me out. Faith and love, they go together. They go hand in hand. You can't have one. You can't have one. You can't have one without the other. Faith and love. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. The work of faith, the labor of love. Now turn to Galatians chapter 5. And I want to show you something about how this works. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. Y'all miss me? I bet your thumbs didn't. Turning, 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 turning. I just want to show you scripture. I want to show you that the Bible takes this stuff serious. It's faith, it's love. It goes hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. You've got to have them both. One produces another. James goes so far as to say in the book of James that, if you don't, that faith without works is dead. Now he's talking about in the sight of men. He's talking about when you look at another Christian and they say they have faith and they don't have any kind of work, you've got to wonder if their faith isn't dead. Amen? Y'all know what he's saying. You've met people that you'll, you look at them, they're living like the devil, they've never been to church, they don't ever talk about Jesus Christ, and then when you try to witness to them, they'll say, oh, I believe in Jesus Christ. Man, that's... Hard to tell. I, 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 you, every other word is a cuss word. I've never seen you at church. You never mention God. You never mention Jesus Christ. You make fun of Christians. You might, and then when you ask them, they're like, yeah, I, I'm a Christian. Hmm. Faith without works is dead. What kind of work? Love. Labor of love. It's a work. You know why Christians aren't good Christians anymore? Because it takes work. <laughs> It's a work. It takes effort. Labor. Work of faith. Labor of love. It's not easy. It takes time. That's why I try to keep our prayer list small. Because I really encourage y'all to pray over the list that we have on Wednesday nights. And I don't want it to be a hundred names. Because I don't have time in the morning to pray over a hundred names. But if somebody calls them out, I want to pray for them. Amen. That's our heart. Why do you care? I care because there's a labor of love in me given to me by Jesus Christ. That when somebody comes to me and says, my aunt, my uncle, my mom, my dad, my son, my daughter, whoever it might be, they're sick, they need prayer, will you please pray for them? They care about them. And I should have the love they have for them. And I should say, I'm, I'll show you a labor of love and I'm going to get down on my knees and I'll pray for them. I'll call their name out the best of my ability and I'll call them out and ask the Lord to heal them. That's all we can do, right? That's all we need to do. It's not in our hands, amen? It's in the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Lord willing, he'll get them up off the bed. Sometimes he don't. But that doesn't mean we don't show that labor of love. And listen to me, when you're one of them that's sick, or it's your son or daughter that's sick, or your loved one, you appreciate those people who labor in love. <laughs> you do. You're like, thank you, Lord God. Thank you. Thank you those people love me. Thank you that they prayed for my son or my daughter or me. You appreciate it. And isn't that what you want? Is somebody praying and thanking God for you? You know what happens when I thank God for you? I'm telling God, thank you for them. Keep them around. They got things to do. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You ever thought that maybe the Lord keeps you here because you're praying for somebody? Maybe the Lord keeps you here because you're doing some kind of labor, some kind of work that He needs you to do. You're producing some little bit of fruit. He's using you to show somebody something else. He's using you. Now think about this. What if you're not being used of the Lord? What if you don't have anything you're doing for the Lord? What if the Lord looks down at you and says, This tree produces no fruit. Luke chapter 12, I believe it's Luke chapter 12. The husband comes by, he sees the fruit, he says, this, fruit's not bearing, this tree's not bearing any fruit, cut it down. Why does it cumber the ground? And the Bible says, the, 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 the dresser said, no, no, Lord, let me, let me dig around it, let me put a little bit of dung, fertilizer around it, and then we'll wait another year and see if I can get it to produce fruit. And if it doesn't produce fruit then, then you can cut it down. That's, serious, that's a serious, scary set of scriptures. You know what that says? Because Jesus Christ says in John 15, God produces fruit through you and expects fruit. And when you produce fruit, He trims you up. He wants more fruit. And when you produce more fruit, He prunes you some more and produces more fruit. But He tells a parable of a tree that's not producing fruit and the Lord just says, cut it down. Take it away. And the Holy Spirit comes in and says, no, let me work on this man. Let me see if I can produce some fruit. Let me bring some dung into their life. I don't have to translate that word right. Amen? I'm going to bring some dung into their life. See if I can get some fruit. He wants fruit. So if you're a Christian and you can find a way to let the Lord use you to have a labor of love, use you to be a work of faith, then the Lord will keep you here. When you shouldn't be going, maybe you'll keep going. Amen. But I want to show you how this works in Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision. The very last of this, verse 6. But faith which worketh by love. There it is. Faith that worketh by love. Faith's fuel. Faith's Fuel is love. What keeps faith running is love. Love is the fuel. Love is the fuel that fuels faith. If you run out of love in your gospel tank, your life will start sputtering. Your faith will start sputtering. Your faith will start backfiring. Your faith will die on the edge of the road and leave you stranded. What happened? You ran out of love. Faith which worketh by love. So many Christians, they get to where they start getting bitter, they start getting hateful, they won't forgive, they, they get all, and they run out of love. And then all of a sudden their faith, something happens in their life and they need that faith and their faith sputters 
and their faith starts backfiring and their faith leaves them stranded on the edge of the road and they're wondering, whatever happened? Well, what happened is you ran out of love. Faith and love are like this, brothers and sisters. They go hand in hand. They go, they go hand in hand. You're going to have faith, you're going to have to have love. You want to have love, you're going to have to have faith. Colossians chapter 1, and I'm closing. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, and we'll go home. Colossians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. So the question is, how do I get more fuel? <laughs> right, amen? Because I know some of y'all are out there thinking, yeah, I've run out of fuel. I've run out of faith. I mean, I've run out of love. My faith is sputtered. My, I, I didn't realize maybe it was I was out of love, but I can, I can testify that I didn't have the faith I should have had. I didn't believe that God could do something. I didn't believe that God could work in a man's life or a woman's life. I didn't believe that God could save that old wretched sinner. I'm just, just running out of faith. It's, my faith is sputtering. Maybe you didn't realize that your fuel tank of love had gotten low. Because love, what love will do is love when you know when you know that there's no impossible way that that sinner can get saved, that love in you will produce faith to keep you praying for that person, even though you don't think there's a way in, way in the world they can get saved. There's no way God would ever save them. They'll never get saved. They laugh at God. They mock God. They'll never get right with God. But that love in you will keep you praying for them, laboring for them, working for them, praying for them. Because that love in you it's fueling that faith. Amen? Y'all's love, love for Jesus Christ, y'all's love for the church fueled the faith to pray for me to try to get me back in here. Amen? And I thank y'all for that. But I thank the Lord Jesus Christ more for it. Because He's working through you. Now the question arises, what do I do now? Where do I get this fuel? I need more fuel. I need more. This is how you do it. Chapter 1 of Colossians, verses 3 and 4. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Do you notice how many of these uh, verses I'm reading uh, deal with prayer? Verse 4. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have to all the saints. To get more fuel, to get more love, you need to have more faith in Jesus Christ. It's faith in Jesus Christ. The way you get that fuel of love is to put more faith in Jesus Christ. Don't forget Him. See, Faith, Jesus Christ. Love, Jesus Christ. Uh, it's all about Jesus Christ. What do you know? It's Jesus Christ. And when you start running out of fuel and you're like, I don't think I can love. I don't think I can do this. I don't think I have the love for this person. I don't think I have the love to forgive them. Of course you don't. But Jesus Christ does. And Lord Jesus Christ, I can't do it. Will you do it for me? And the Lord Jesus Christ comes in and you'll be amazed how much love you'll have. It'll fuel you. It'll give you the faith. It'll fuel your faith. And your faith will be powerful. But the root of it is faith in Christ Jesus. So there we go. Love is the fuel that runs faith. 
But it's our faith in Jesus Christ that runs our love. It's symbiotic. It feeds off each other. Faith feeds off love. Love feeds off faith. They go hand in hand. Brothers and sisters, you can't have one without the other. It's a work of faith. It's a labor of love. And it's all done through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Give Him all the honor and glory. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank You. I thank You for Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank You that You live in me. And You work through me. And Lord, when I can get out of the way and get my flesh out of the way, Lord God, You do some amazing things. And Lord, it's not me doing it. It's not me loving. It's not me with this kind of faith, Lord God. It's not me with this kind of work or this kind of labor, Lord God. I give You all the honor and glory. It's You working through me. And Lord, it was an amazing thing to talk to this this lady, Lord God, that loved you there at that flea market, Lord God, when she told me it was Jesus Christ working in me. Lord, there's so many of us Christians, Lord God, that we're just kind of beat down, Lord God. It's so easy for us to lose our, lose our love, Lord God, to get, get our faith to start sputtering, Father. And we need your help. We need you to be more in us, Lord God. And we pray, Father, that as we read your Bible, as we pray to you, Lord God, as we put our faith more towards you, Lord God, and take this world and throw it to the side, Lord God, that you'll work in us, Lord God. And your Holy Spirit will manifest out, Lord God, and produce the fruit you want, Lord. Use us. Keep us off our bed of affliction, Lord God, that we might be used of you, Lord God. We can't do much up for you, Lord, when we're laying down, but, Lord, I want to thank you for healing me up. I want to thank you for the saints for praying for me, Lord God. I, I pray a blessing on them, Lord God, that labored in love for me. But, Lord, if there's somebody underneath the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, Father, we're about to give an invitation. And Father, we know it's real simple, Lord God. They just need to put their faith in your Son, Jesus Christ, knowing that He died on the cross for their sins, that they're a sinner, and that He died, and on the third day He rose again, Lord God. They need to believe that you're alive like I believe, and that you're willing to save them like I know you will. Lord, if they're willing to put their faith in that, Lord God, and they'll come down, come on down and get saved, Lord God, they'll be saved. And Lord, I pray you'll move on these people's hearts. Bless them, Lord God, and I thank you for them. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray. Amen. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you would go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3, verse 16, and most people have heard this verse, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, that's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world. But verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. 
But he says there in verse 18, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it. And if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a Savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13, he sums it up, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you. And until next time. Casting all your care upon Him.